Welcome to the Kindred Church Podcast, where we talk about God, faith, and real life. This is Daniel Childs. I'm the host of the podcast and the pastor of Kindred Church. To learn more about how to connect with our community, check out our website at www.kindrednc.church. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We're glad you've tuned in for today's episode. Now, let's talk about God. Well, my wife and I are coming up on our 10th wedding anniversary. We'll celebrate that at the end of next month. And as we get closer to that milestone, I've been thinking back some to our wedding day. Uh, We had a great wedding and it was a beautiful day and we were surrounded by friends and family. It was everything that we hoped that it would be. Uh, But I remember after the service, I started feeling kind of hungry. We had a morning wedding. We got married at 11 a.m. So when the service was over, it was about lunchtime and I hadn't eaten much breakfast that morning. I I was too nervous. And so when the service was over, my, my stomach started to growl a little bit. But we couldn't just rush straight over to the reception and start eating because we had to take all of the the pictures. So we hung out at the church. We took all the different pictures with all the different combinations of of relatives. You don't realize how many combinations of relatives there can be. Uh, And it was all good and and fun, but my hunger was continuing to grow. Well, uh, we finally finished up the pictures and we drove over to the the reception. And as we pulled up, my mind was on getting to the table of appetizers as quickly as possible. Um, But we couldn't go right in because the DJ was doing the whole introductions of the family thing and we were the last in line so we had to wait to to even get in Uh, and then that rolled right into the father-daughter dance and I didn't want to miss that because I was off looking for for something to eat Um, and then I think uh, after that there was a few minutes before folks were seated and and lunch was served and and I think at that point somebody handed me a plate of appetizers which was very kind but uh, I I was so busy greeting everybody that I I really didn't get a chance to eat and then finally finally it was time for folks to be seated and and lunch to be served and the DJ handed the microphone to the pastor to bless the meal for us. Well, the pastor who did our wedding was Justin Coleman. Many of you know Pastor Justin. Uh, He's actually now my boss as senior pastor at University United Methodist. So he takes the the microphone to to pray for us. And I'll be honest, um, I do not remember most of what Pastor Justin said in his prayer. Uh, I had other things on my mind in that moment, but I do remember the last line of his prayer. And that's really the reason that I'm telling you all of this this morning, even though I was distracted and and I was hungry, that the last line of his prayer really jumped out at me. He said, Lord, may this food nourish our bodies and may this fellowship nourish our souls. May this food nourish our bodies and may the fellowship nourish our souls. I think the reason that that line jumped out at me is that it sums up a really profound truth. It sums up an experience I think probably most of us have had at some point, that when we get together and share a meal, it doesn't just provide physical nutrients for us, but it also nourishes our souls. It revives our, our spirits. When we share a meal, it, it creates connections between us, and it gives us this unique kind of joy. Um, apparently, that's an experience that's shared widely across different cultures because all around the world, major celebrations tend to involve eating together in some kind of a way. If you just think about our culture, you know, we we eat together at things like weddings, of course. In many cases, we eat together the night before the wedding and then again after the wedding. Uh, We eat together to celebrate things like birthdays and graduations and and pregnancies. Um, It's hard to think of any of our major holidays in our culture that don't involve eating together in some kind of a way, whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas or the 4th of July or or even Halloween. And it's not like this is some law that we have to obey, right? Nobody's making us do this, but we just kind of naturally gravitate to, to sharing meals because it not only nourishes our bodies, but it also nourishes our souls. 
Now, as Christians, uh, as we kind of think about that phenomenon, uh, to us, this is not some kind of accident, but we believe that, that this is a reflection of how God created us, and it's a reflection of why God created us, to, to share this kind of connection and, and love and, and friendship with one another. And so as Christians, if, if we're intentional about it, this habit of sharing meals together, this can be a powerful reminder of our purpose. Sharing meals together can actually help us to live more fully into the kind of life that God created us to live. As we're going to see in a few minutes here, um, the very first Christians made it a habit to eat together. And that was one of the ways that they stayed devoted to God. It was one of the ways that they stayed devoted to their mission during a really challenging time that they faced. And that gives us a really helpful example that we can follow as we face our own challenging times. Uh, but having said that, and before I go any further here, um, I do just want to acknowledge that not all of us experience shared meals as this joyful, life-giving kind of thing. Because I know some of us have a really painful relationship with food and with eating. I know uh, some of us have struggles related to food and, and eating. And, and if that's you, uh, a few things. Um, first, I want you to know that you don't need to feel any shame about that and, and you're not alone in that. And second, if, if you're in a place where um, you want some help with that struggle, you don't have to carry that alone. And I hope you'll reach out and, and ask for help. Um, you can reach out to, to me and I'd be more than happy to, to get you connected with somebody who can help you with that. And, and final thing I'll, I'll say here um, is that as we're talking about shared meals today, if this conversation just doesn't resonate with you, if you feel like you're in a place where this just doesn't really apply to you, that is perfectly fine. And there are so many other ways that you can nourish your soul. We're, we're talking about some of those other ways to, uh, in the other parts of this sermon series. And so I'm not going to qualify everything else I say today, but just know that, that if this doesn't resonate, uh, please don't feel any sense of shame. Please don't feel any sense of, of exclusion uh, about that. This is only meant to be helpful and, and definitely not to be hurtful. So I just wanted to, to try to make that clear. All right, well, we are now in week two of our sermon series called Devoted. Last week, we talked about how uh, right now, many of us are in a season of great anxiety or at least great uncertainty. And in times of anxiety and uncertainty, um, it's, uh, we, we can lose sight if we're not careful of who we want to be, and we can lose sight of who we're called to be, and we can accidentally start to become someone we never intended to be. And that's why it's super important during times like this that we stay devoted. It's super important that we stay devoted to God and, and to God's calling for us so that even through all of the chaos that we're living through right now, we can keep being the people that God has called us to be. That's important for us as individuals. Um, it's also important for us as a church community. And to help us to, to stay devoted, we're looking in this series at the example of the very first Christians, because those very first Christians, they faced anxiety, uh, they faced uncertainty like we can only imagine. And in the face of that, uh, they didn't lose sight of their identity and, and they didn't compromise on their mission when it would have been so easy for them to, to do so, but they stayed devoted. And in this sermon series, we're looking at four specific habits, four practices that help to keep them devoted because those same habits, those same practices can help us to stay devoted as well. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says this about those first Christians. It says, The believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the community, to their shared meals, and to their prayers. 
Uh, last week we talked about the apostles' teaching. In the weeks ahead, we're going to talk about community. We're going to talk about the importance of, of prayer. Uh, but today we're talking about this habit of shared meals. And we're thinking about how that can help us to, to stay devoted during the kind of uncertain times that we're living through right now. Now, to help us see why those first Christians made it such a high priority to, to eat together, um, we have to remember something about Jesus. And that is that sharing meals was one of Jesus's absolute most favorite things to do. That the first Christians prioritized it and, and made it a habit because Jesus had prioritized it. You know, throughout Jesus's ministry, as he was going around uh, teaching people what God is like, he was constantly uh, sharing meals in, in all different kinds of, of ways. Jesus was constantly attending dinner parties in different people's homes. And in fact, uh, he had this habit of, of crashing dinner parties sometimes with, with people that uh, didn't particularly like him that much. We created some, some awkward conversations at times. Uh, Jesus would sometimes invite himself over to dinner uh, with, with people that he had never even met before. Uh, as far as we know, Jesus didn't really host dinner parties in his own home because as far as we know, he didn't have his own home to, to host parties in. He was more of a, a couch surfer, always hanging with friends and, and relatives and eating their food in, in their homes. Uh, but, but just think about some of Jesus's miracles. You know, his very first miracle was turning water into wine. And do you remember the context of that? It was at this wedding reception. He was keeping the feast going. He was keeping the, the banquet going. Uh, Jesus' most famous miracle probably was this one evening where he took some bread and he took some fish and he used it to, to feed over 5,000 people. He, he facilitated this like mega dinner party uh, where people from all different walks of life suddenly found themselves eating together. And then even after the, the resurrection, um, when Jesus appeared to his disciples, he would eat bread with them. He would eat fish with them. And that's part of how the disciples knew that this really was Jesus. It was so much a part of his personality. He just loved sharing meals. Um, and so uh, if you think about it, it was really on brand for Jesus when the, the night before he died, when he just had this precious few hours left, when he had these final things that he wanted to recap with the disciples and, and make sure that they remembered, what did Jesus do? Well, he gathered the disciples together to share this last meal, this meal that we now know as the Last Supper. And while the disciples were, were eating together that night, Jesus told them, he said, hey, I want you to keep doing this. I want you to make a habit to keep sharing meals in this way. And in particular, Jesus said, set aside some bread and set aside some, some wine. And when you share this bread and this wine, remember me. Because in these moments, Jesus said, I'm here with you. And in fact, I'm within you. This is my body, he said. This is my blood. And the disciples are like, whoa, Jesus, that is a weird thing to say. And that sounds really intense. And Jesus says, well, my love for you is intense. I love you to death, Jesus says. And so when you share this bread and wine together, I'm your nourishment. I'm nourishing your body. I'm, I'm nourishing your soul. So keep doing this and, and remember me. And then later, uh, during that same meal, while they're still eating, Jesus says one more thing. And, and this is from the passage that we read a few minutes ago in John chapter 14. Uh, Jesus says, I give you a new commandment. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm about to sum it all up. I'm about to tell you well, what I want you to, to be about. Bottom line, Jesus says, love each other. 
how, Jesus, in, in some general way, in some abstract way, should we just make up for ourselves what you mean by, by love each other? Jesus says, no, no, no. Just as I have loved you, so you, meaning just like I have, so you also must love each other. It's interesting, I think, that Jesus told them that in the context of a meal. Well, as we reflect on all of this, we, we might wonder, so why was Jesus so obsessed with, with meals? You know, as he was teaching people how to love as God loves, why did he make meals one of his primary teaching tools? Well, to answer that, you know, just think about what typically happens when, when we get together to eat together. So several things usually happen, you know. Uh, often when we're sharing a meal with other people, it forces us to slow down and, and to be intentional. Um, you know, shared meals don't usually happen spontaneously. I mean, they, they can, but, but usually there's some degree of planning involved or scheduling or, or preparation. Um, usually not everybody shows up to the meal at the exact same time. So there's patience involved. There's some waiting involved. And, and all of that forces us to kind of pay more attention to each other than we probably otherwise would. So that by the time we sit across the table from each other, we're more open, uh, we're more attentive, we're more ready to learn from each other and, and about each other. And all of that is what helps to create that sense of connection and love and friendship that we so often experience around the table. And it's that same kind of love and friendship and connection that Jesus calls us to cultivate in all areas of our lives. And so in that way, in that way, eating together can be this kind of embodied reminder for us of the, the, our purpose in this life, that we were created to cultivate these kind of bonds with each other. And not only that, but we're called to keep expanding that, that fellowship, that kinship, until everybody's got a place at the table. You know, one of the most common images uh, in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, one of the most common images of the kingdom of God, one of the most common uh, metaphors for what it's going to look like when all of heaven and, and all of earth are, are finally as God has always intended. It's the image of this gigantic feast, this massive banquet where everybody's got a place at the table and, and everybody is eating together. That's God's good future for us. And, and our mission as Christians is to keep embodying that future as best we can in the here and now, to keep working for that future as best we can in the here and now until that future becomes the reality for us. And all of this, all of this is why Jesus is so obsessed with sharing meals. It's also why those first Christians, when they faced so much uncertainty, when they faced so much anxiety, they were facing hatred, they were facing violence, they were facing persecution, so many challenges that could have completely derailed their mission. And in the face of all of that, one of the few things that they chose to, to make a priority was eating together. And that became a habit that kept them devoted to God and kept them devoted to their mission. Um, Acts chapter 2, verse 46 uh, says this. It says, every day they, they is the, the early church, those first Christians, every day they met together in the temple and they ate in their homes. They shared food with gladness and with simplicity. This is telling us that these meals that they got together to share, this was nothing fancy. These weren't like black tie affairs. Um, essentially, these first Christians were just getting together to share potlucks. And then after the potluck meal was over, they would do what Jesus had told them to do. They'd take some bread 
And they'd take some wine and they would pray together and they would remember that Jesus had given his own body. Jesus had given his blood in order to conquer the sin and the evil and the death in this world. That Jesus had already defeated all of those forces that stood against them. The, the obstacles in their way, the challenges that they faced. Jesus had already overcome all of that. And so as they remembered that, they would ask Jesus to send the, the Holy Spirit once again uh, to come and rest on them, to come and rest on the bread and on the, the wine, to, to keep nourishing their bodies, to keep nourishing their souls so that they could continue to love others in the world the way that Jesus had first loved them, that that would continue to be their focus even as they faced so much anxiety and so much uncertainty. The, the potlucks, the bread, the wine that they shared, all of that helped them to stay devoted. Well, as we talked about last week, I know many of us are, are facing a lot of uncertainty in our own lives right now. Our church community faces a lot of uncertainty right now. We're moving through this phase of the pandemic where some parts of society are reopening and some parts of our lives feel like they're getting back to normal. But then there are other parts of our lives that feel like anything but normal. And we're in this messy middle. We're all navigating all of this, this gray area. And in the middle of all of that, we don't want to lose sight of our calling. Right? We don't want to accidentally become something other than what God wants us to be. So I want to encourage us to lean on the example of these first Christians and as best we can, keep sharing meals together. Now, obviously, one of the challenges of the pandemic is that it's made it really hard for us to, to get together and, and share meals. Um, so we need to be safe about it, absolutely. Uh, but I want to lift up three ways that we can keep eating together as a community. Uh, the first is by sharing the bread and the wine, or the bread and the juice that we call communion. You know, Christians believe that eating together is so important and it's so powerful. We've just built it into the way that we do worship, following the example of those very first Christians. And as I mentioned before, Jesus tells us that when we do this, he's actually here with us. He's here within us. Jesus is nourishing us with his own presence. I know so many of us are looking forward to the day when we can celebrate communion all together in one big room. But whether we're celebrating communion in one big room or in our homes like we're going to do later in the service, today uh, we continue to, to celebrate communion together. And it's one of the ways that we keep ourselves devoted. Another way that we can make sure we, we continue to eat together is through our small groups. You know, those of you that were a part of Kindred Church before the, the pandemic, you'll remember that um, in pre-pandemic times, our, our small groups that meet weekly once a month, the, the whole agenda of the meeting would just be to simply share a potluck together. We, we would eat together in each other's homes, again, following the example of those very first Christians. Um, well, this summer, um, even though our, our small groups are going to remain primarily online, we are going to have the opportunity to, to get together in person for potlucks again in, in safe ways. So that's, if you're not already part of a, a small group, that, that's just another good reason to, to join one. But even if you're not ready to, to try out a small group just yet, uh, we still have social events that we do regularly. And, and maybe not at all of them, but, but at many of them, we have the opportunity to eat together. You know, last month we ate ice cream together out at Eno River Farm. Um, next month, if, if all goes well, we're hoping that we can have a, a cookout. Um, and, and in all these ways, 
we, we try to make it a habit of eating together. And as we do all of that, it's important to remember that it's not just for fun, although usually it is a lot of fun, but it's a reminder for us of the kind of love that Jesus calls us to form with each other, the kind of kinship that Jesus calls us to be about and, and to offer to, to more and more people until everybody's got a place at the table. So if we make that a habit, uh, if we can let those shared meals remind us of our purpose and our calling, that's a powerful way that we can stay devoted during all of this uncertainty that, that we're facing in this season. And, and even though we're not exactly sure what these next few months are going to hold for us, if we can stay devoted, then we can continue to be the friends that God's calling us to be. We can continue to be the neighbors God's calling us to be. We can continue to be the parents and the siblings that God is calling us to be. And together we can continue to be the church that God is calling us to be. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Kindred Church Podcast. If this episode was meaningful to you, consider sharing it with a friend who might also enjoy it. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to the podcast here and give us a rating that helps us connect with more listeners. This free resource and all of Kindred's ministries are supported by the generosity of people like you. Your giving changes lives, and it helps us to share and embody God's love. If you'd like to make a donation, you can do so on our website at www.kindrednc.church. Just select Give. You can find lots of ways to connect with our community on our website as well as on our social media pages. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time.